Greetings one and all to this week's Red Voices. You join us after an exhilarating, uh, utterly scintillating and not at all boring nil-nil draw at Anfield and United have just come away with uh, something of a credible point against Liverpool. Rich is joining me tonight to pour over a rather, well, let's be quite frank, a pretty dull game. Richard, my friend, how are you faring? I'm not too bad, thank you. There's, there's not a lot to pour over, but we'll try and we'll do our best. Yes, yes, we absolutely will. Just a quick uh, apology for not getting an episode out this uh, last week, guys. Completely out of our hands, we weren't able to sort it out. But we're back with you here tonight, so let's make the most of it. Uh, shame we haven't got much to talk about. But there we go. Right. Hurrah. Yay. I mean, I looked at the lineup first off, Rich, and thought he's pulled a couple of surprises out the back there. I mean, Fellaini I could certainly get to an extent, just because there was the seemingly intention to try and uh, uh, undermine Loris Carius and... Young was a surprise, and Martial injured on the weekend in training, apparently. But yeah, a couple of uh, surprises in that lineup. How do you think it uh, actually translated in the end? Um, Mourinho actually said before the game that his, you know, his primary concern was was nullifying Liverpool. And if you remember, um, during David Moyes' season, Chelsea came to United in the second game of the season. United were champions, and Mourinho essentially did exactly the same thing. He picked a picked a Chelsea side with no other purpose than to completely nullify our threat mm. which as it happened that season wasn't great anyway but he wasn't turning at the time and you know I'm sure a lot of people including myself were fairly fairly distressed at the sight of Fellaini and Young in the team um, they seemed like strange calls but you have to say that they did exactly the job that was was asked of them you know United did essentially kill that game I mean we'll talk about it in more depth but ultimately if if, if we had a more prolific deadly striker then we could have been could be sitting here saying we've just come away with another, you know, one nil from a from a near perfect away performance. So it's fine margins, and in the end, I think Mourinho will be quite pleased. Yeah, uh, I mean, there were definitely some elements of frustration, but in terms of the actual start of the game, I thought United actually handled it quite well, really, didn't they? You know, they uh, they certainly took the sting out of uh, most of the first half, and it wasn't really until the hour mark that Liverpool actually started to get some chances and actually come into the game. So for the first hour or so, definitely job done. I think the the real shame is that basically everyone going forward and going into attack for our team tonight just didn't look on it, really. I mean, Rashford wasn't spectacular, made a couple of wrong decisions. Pogba was, I mean, that's easily Pogba's least effective game for United. And Zlatan, oh, I mean, he hit the nail on the head there when you what you were saying. And it, it was really uncomfortable watching him tonight. I've never been more frustrated watching him play any game of football before. It's crazy. I mean, his role in that team seemed primarily to be to try and hold up play and then snaffle a chance if he got presented with one. And I know that we've, we've spoken a lot and there's been a lot of sharp relief on this idea of give Zlatan one chance and he'll score. And it's not quite turned out that way. But you can kind of push that to the side to a certain extent. If you look at his all-round play, he really, really underperformed tonight. He was terrible. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's if he's not if he's not scoring goals, he needs to be holding the ball up and bringing other players into play. I mean, I don't know how many headers he missed. It was. I know least... that he was certain. You know, he certainly wasn't the only culprit. And the sort of front front three or four have been a problem for us all season in terms of just that bit of quality in the final third to really cut teams open. Um, but it just didn't work at all tonight. He wasn't holding the ball up. His lack of pace meant that that Liverpool could defend reasonably high up the pitch, and he, he couldn't get in behind them. Um, and his finishing when he had the chances was just absolutely wretched. I mean, that header was that header was remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I highlighted this problem. I wrote something about it a couple of weeks ago that he's he's his, his finishing or or the 
the, the, the lowest standard of his finishing compared to other sort of high-profile strikers that we've had has been quite noticeable and it has cost us in a few games. I think we can say again tonight that if we had a Van Nistra up front or a Van Persie in, in their prime, then we could be five or six points better off at this point. And I thought that game was crying out for someone with pace to move up front, either Rashford or, unfortunately, we, we didn't have Martial, so we, we were slightly limited in what we could do, which was, was a real shame because he could have made a lot of difference as a substitute. But everything everything just broke down when he went through Ibrahimovic. And Rashford had a hit-and-miss game, which he's perfectly entitled to after the sort of form he's been in for, for the last however many months yeah I mean the one thing you could say about Rashford is that at least there was something of a threat down the right flank I mean to be fair going down that right flank as well I thought Valencia was pretty damn good I thought he was very very good defensively and what about that tackle for against Firmino after Coutinho flipped the ball late on I thought he was exceptional at times but the problem was on the left hand side that was complete opposite Blind and Young just didn't work as an attacking partnership we had no threat down the left flank whatsoever I don't think there was ever an intention to to have a really significant threat. I mean Young was clearly there to to double up on the you know the right the right midfielder. Yeah. And his his you know the entire point of his selection was clearly to do what um Van Hal often asked him to do, which was to, to essentially play as a as a second left hand left hand defender. You know, he he just wasn't wasn't able to get forward and, and so it really did limit what we did. But but we're talking very negatively about this, but then United did have more chances in the first half than the Liverpool. I appreciate it was a pretty Grim, grim game in general, but United, I thought, were the better team for the majority of the first half. Mm. And then, obviously, that that Ibrahimovic chance in the second, and we could we could be coming away saying we won. So, I don't. There are elements of the team that didn't function particularly well, but I don't think we can be desperately upset with the overall performance. No, you're right. I, I think maybe I'm maybe expecting a little bit too much out of a performance that didn't necessarily point towards Mourinho going hell-bent for three points. I think, based on the context of our performance, I think a draw is, a, is by far a credible result and it's probably ended up being the right outcome. I think Liverpool might feel a little bit aggrieved that David De Gea was in that on a few occasions this evening. But yeah, I mean, a, a draw probably was the right result. I don't think United did enough really to win it and Liverpool probably maybe deserved it a little bit more. But again, they didn't necessarily, they weren't necessarily excellent themselves. I think primarily it was just because I could see that Mourinho had got this really great plan to nullify Liverpool's press. But when we actually did have those moments of attack, it just seemed like nothing quite worked. I think that was the most frustrating element for me. But those those are the moments where where top class attacking players should be winning you you know, should be winning you games or you nicking games, doing something that you know, something out of the ordinary or something special that that, that you know rises them above other players on the pitch and that's kind of what we'd hoped for from Ibrahimovic and also obviously Pogba again had a I'd say a particularly difficult game yeah, he was essentially uh, playing at 10 wasn't he he was yeah you know it's a, it's a bit of a cliche but he's, it seemed like all night apart from that, that one cross to Ibrahimovic essentially his second touch was a tackle mm. you know the ball was just bouncing off him and he was having to dive into things it just nothing worked for him tonight and it's difficult it's difficult to watch him because we've seen flashes of what he can do, but he just seems to be trying too hard. Mm. You know, he's trying, try, trying desperately to to live up to the billing that that that's been put on him by the price tag, and the I suppose the drama that he he created himself around the move just wasn't quite there 
tonight and it just it just meant that almost everything we, we did going forward broke down. If you if you look at the the way Liverpool have been playing this season, they had a really long pre-season. Klopp's had a year to get them playing the way he wants them to and they've come out of the traps really fast. They've played Spurs, they've played Arsenal, Leicester and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and in all of those games there were periods during long periods where Liverpool just in terms of possession and chances created just blew those teams away and there wasn't any point tonight even though there's more pressure towards the end of the half there wasn't any point tonight when Liverpool got anywhere near that level of fluency in their attacking play Mm. I don't think that should be undervalued I think there there were a lot of players who put in particularly strong performances team performances particularly I thought Ander Herrera I think Gary Neville was absolutely right Herrera was absolutely brilliant in midfield he really was wasn't he he's just got a bit of everything you know he's got he's tenacious he can he can pass he can he can you know he can beat a man in midfield he's positive but he's disciplined and he's just he's he's flourishing in being by being given the chance to to play a consistent role in the team which he never got under Van Gaal you know it was it was two or three games in a poor performance dropped never to be seen you know not to be seen again for another three or four weeks He's never had continuity at United, and I think he's really starting to benefit from from that now. You know, there's one player that that really seems to have, have benefited the most from uh, Mourinho coming to United. I'd say it's Herrera. I thought that Eric Bailly was, you know, had another really strong game at um, at centre back. I mean, we said Valencia. Really, don't rate Valencia as a right back, but he did some really important things today. Um, and you know, he he had he had energy when when a lot of the rest of the team were tiring. I thought Fellaini, surprisingly, was quite effective, uh, particularly in the first half. It's all about his holding up the ball work, isn't it? As long as that works and he's able to get the ball off relatively quickly, then it works out. I don't think he was exceptional. I understand why he was in the lineup as a, you know, as a a presence, essentially, in midfield. And he did fine on that. But yeah, in terms of standout performance, Herrera took you know, takes all the accolades as far as United for tonight. I thought. I mean, I mentioned this earlier on the on the on the Twitter account. You know, he's not the bastard that a lot of fans have wanted to see in midfield for you know however many number of years, or essentially since Keane left the club. But he's a really incessant git and an absolute yeah. paid in the arse. Uh, you know, he he will get other players riled up. He'll do a couple of you know tricky little fouls here and there, and he will annoy people, and he will work hard. And he will just keep on running, you know, excellent work off the ball, great work on it. And yeah, I really like him in that role. And it's very pleasing to see Mourinho get so much out of him when Van Gaal struggled to find a place for him, a consistent place for him inside for most of the two years that he was at United. It's good to see a, a midfielder with a bit of a bit of snide again, isn't it? Oh, he's got you know, so we, he's got it coming out of his paws, Rich. He has. He's got all the snide. You know, he he, he stands there looking like butter wouldn't melt. You know, he's not as you said. He's not he's not an overtly dirty player. He doesn't commit generally commit appalling fouls. Although having said that, there was that horrific one against Stoke, which really should have got red card. But generally speaking, it's just he just niggles away at players, um, and you know we've missed that so badly. In the last two or three years, so, you know, well, uh, comparisons to Roy Keane are ridiculous. You, you know, there is no comparison, but we have, we just have missed that bit of devil in midfield. Mm. And at the moment, he's he's providing that for us. Yeah, I mean, he was he was certainly the, the biggest the biggest positive of the night. I would say. Yeah, other than that, and you know, 
obviously Dave, because again, oh, yeah. another so, wonderful, wonderful performance from him. He didn't really have too much to do apart from two brilliant saves. You know, there's that one chance in the second half that really sort of kicked off Liverpool's uh, semi-resurgence towards the end of the second half. And Matic was just allowed basically to run through on challenge into our half and then got that ball straight through to Emre Chan and you know, Chan carved just the tiniest bit of space for himself in order to actually uh, get the shot off and Dave down very well to his uh, right to make the stop. And then that save from Coutinho's effort. I mean, for a start, Coutinho is absolutely superb at crafting just enough space to get those long-range efforts. The curl and the power on that, considering where he was, was spectacular. But how Dave's got to that with his right arm just stuck up in the air to turn that over for a corner, I can't get my head around it. That was absolutely exceptional. If you watched, um, if you watched Coutinho, um, I think they did a, a slow mo of his of his reaction just after he hit the shot, and he was he was certain that was going in. He was absolutely certain that was going in, and abs- you know he was devastated that that De Gea could have got a hand to that. Mm. Absolutely brilliant save. I almost think the first one was better because he was almost completely unsighted. You know, Chan had to dig it out. There were two United players and a Liverpool player, in front, you know, obstructing his sight. And to get down that quickly and to, to palm it away was absolutely exceptional. And that's, you know, that's the real benefit of, of De Gea. He had that really uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic mistake against Stoke. But the reason we, we focused on it so much is because it's so rare. And it's in games like this when he has, you know, relatively little to do that he can, you know, pull out world class saves to, to really, you know, to turn, to turn a game or, or, or save a game. Um, you know, just the value of the value of that that late um, entry into the transfer matching system. I was going to say fax machine, but mm-hmm. that's obviously completely inaccurate. But the, the the late entry of his transfer into the transfer matching system it just can't be overvalued for United. Um, and you know, he looks to be happy now, and we. You know, we're so really, really lucky to have him. Oh gosh, we absolutely are. He's wonderful. I mean, that—that's to be fair. The only time, realistically, or the only couple of occasions I can recall so far this season that he's seriously been called into action, apart from maybe the City game, perhaps. I mean, yeah. Watford certainly. I think we're under pressure, but I don't think there weren't too many occasions in that where I thought, okay, we conceded three goals, but I didn't necessarily think Day was at fault for any of them, and we didn't necessarily no. come under much sustained pressure. Yeah, I mean, gosh, coming back to it again, it, it does feel very much like uh, a point in with a couple of frustrations in there. It wasn't necessarily great to watch. I mean, one thing that was not great to watch, the Wayne Rooney and James Milner mismatch, which is something I didn't think I'd ever say <laughs> down no. that right side. I mean, for me, you know, if you're going to bring Rooney on, based on the context of that game, I know Rashford was cramping up a little bit in that second half. That, that was pointed out to me after I mentioned that Rashford was a bit unlucky to be uh, subbed in that second half. Zlatan had to go for me in that game, in the, in the second half in particular. Yeah. Nothing was going through him. Yeah, you can say that he, you know, he got on the end of that uh, chance, that cross from Pogba, but, you know, that was sent wide. He was not having a good game, and putting Rooney on that right-hand side. And maybe you could have put Lingard on there or something as opposed to, you know, putting Rooney on the right of, of attack because essentially the whole point of the formation was that Valencia and whoever was playing on that right-hand side would have to do a lot of defensive work. And Rooney just got done twice. He could easily have given the game away if Liverpool had been a bit more on it. I don't know if there was a... You know, Mourinho's always... You know, he's big on, he's big on his psychology. He's, he's big on on managing players and I just wonder if there was an element of want- wanting to keep Rooney involved because he knows he's I don't in- know you say that you keep Rooney involved like he's a sp- 
<laughs> like he's a special case. Well, yeah, but just in terms of his confidence, um, you know, he knows, really knows he's been playing like an absolute drain. He's been dropped by United, he's been dropped by England. You know, Mourinho has to try and find a way to play him out of that that poor form. Now, some of us might argue that it's not poor form, it's just that he's shot. But perhaps, you know, Mourinho obviously sees sees, perhaps sees it differently. And, And Lingard was the obvious choice to play there, and I just... Just wonder if he was making a point by getting Rooney on and just trying to get him some game time. Mm. But as as you say, it was it was a pretty wretched cameo, kind of in keeping with with much of what he's done in the last few weeks. Yes, well, I mean, he's going to get plenty of game time in the next couple of weeks. You know, we've got Fenerbahce coming up on Thursday night, and then Chelsea on Sunday. I mean, based on the fact that we have not really we gained what one point on City, and they've dropped five points in the last two Premier League games now. Uh, I did, Chelsea on Sunday at Stamford Bridge is starting to feel like a game that United really need to you know, put a bit more effort into. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. Not put more effort into, but at least approach in a bit more of a positive fashion and at least go out to try and win because I'm not convinced that we tried to do that tonight. I don't I don't think you will. I think you'll play exactly the same. No, I, I think I'm not from, sure about that. Uh, for, I think from a confidence perspective, it was really important that we didn't lose tonight. And I understand that because... Because confidence has been really brittle, and, and you can see it every every knock the players' heads go down, mm. and you know the prospect of you know, there, there was potential there for us losing both of these games and finding ourselves in mid table under huge pressure in the you know the end of October, and I, I think we can go to Stamford Bridge in a much better frame of mind now than if we'd lost tonight, and I think there are enough positives from that from that game, and I, I just. You just can't imagine. Maybe I'm, I'm tempting fate, but you can't imagine that, that Pogba and Ibrahimovic could play that badly again. Um, it, you know, it just needs it just needs one or two of the forward players to to up their game a little bit, and you know, we we could be winning these games. I think, as you said, we'll, I'm sure Mourinho will massively rotates the Fenerbahce game, and I think he'll just he'll approach the Chelsea game exactly the same. Keep it incredibly tight. He, the last thing on earth you want to do is lose there. Keep it tight. Get a get a point, snatch a win if we can, and then you know move on to a slightly easier run of fixtures where hopefully we can you know we can make up some ground on the on the teams at the top. Yeah. We knew we knew Mourinho is a pragmatic coach. We, we always knew that, and we knew we know how he plays away from home against the top sides. And what we've got there is you know we've got tonight exactly what what was uh, written on the tin. Hmm. I think most you know a lot of people said beforehand that we were taking the point tonight, and I think. We've got to be fairly pleased with that result, and I think we can reasonably be confident going into the Chelsea game. This is a weird ro- role reversal, which is a bit strange here, because normally I'm the one trying to make you feel a little bit better about things. I hate United-Liverpool games with an absolute passion. Oh yeah, no game makes me feel more sick when I think about them and when I watch them in that game. But to be fair, for the last 45 minutes or so, I felt quite calm for the most part. Yeah, I, I, I'm always, always in the mindset that if we come out of, come away from Anfield not losing, then... I'm I'm fairly fairly pleased about that, and I think particularly given the form that Liverpool are in this season and the problems we've been having, I I was I was probably less confident coming into this game than I've been in in that that fixture for twenty years. Um, I think you know the gap in terms of form and cohesion was much bigger than it's been at any point, and so a point a point tonight feels like a much a much bigger point than it may have done four or five years ago. Mm. 
and I think you can see I mean, just um, just and out of the corner of my eye you can see Klopp being interviewed now and you could tell throughout the game that he was incredibly frustrated by the way United were completely nullifying Liverpool and yet I mean, I can't see what he's saying, but you can see on his face the frustration at, at, at the way the game went, and I think you have to, you have to take that as a as a moral victory for, for Mourinho for once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think perhaps, given how we, well we asserted ourselves at the start of that game, I guess I just expected a little bit more. So. In in the context of what we expected to happen at the start of that game, a point is by no means a bad result. And, you know, I think based on the start Liverpool have had, considering that they've scored 18 goals, you know, only City and Arsenal have scored more than them so far this season in the league. That That's not a bad point whatsoever. And I think uh, given that Klopp has certainly turned this Liverpool team around in the four games now that we've played against them, considering that we had, uh, you know, won all four Premier League games over the last two seasons... I think uh, it's it's instantly become a much trickier fixture than it was under the last couple of years of Brendan Rodgers. So based on what he's done to that team and based on how well they've asserted themselves for the most part this season, I think that's uh, that's definitely a point that isn't necessarily a bad result whatsoever. I think it maybe makes that Stoke draw feel a little bit more frustrated because then you're not looking at quite so much of a big gap between us and the, the top of the table. It's been an awfully long wait as well, hasn't it? You've had two weeks... A fr- really sort of a frustration to, to to stew on that that Stoke result and the whole weekend uh, to wait for that exactly yeah and you've had to sit through all the other teams and we've seen we've seen some of the other teams slip up and that that sort of adds importance to the game because you know that, that there's an opportunity there to to at least maintain the ground after a, after a difficult game and, and potentially close it up and as things are we you know we we've got through a really really tricky game we're only three points behind Liverpool and five points off the top hmm. so we're in we're in touch and there was a real danger this this month that we could have found ourselves nine ten eleven points off top spot and really fighting for our lives just to to get in the top four but what we've done done tonight is strike a bit of a psychological blow and keep ourselves right right in the in the fight for in, in the title race at the moment yeah I mean, it's it's looking like it's going to be a super competitive title race this year anyway. So as long as we keep ourselves in the mix, considering that we are still trying to figure things out and we still don't really know what our best starting eleven is, considering that a lot of teams around us do, I think that's fair enough. That's another mitigating factor, isn't it? Because we know mm. we know that the team isn't there yet. We know we don't know what our best team is and other teams do. So at the moment, I'd say our primary goal is to, to hang in there on the coattails of the teams at the top and Hopefully we we finally find some cohesion and hit some form, um, and I think we need for that we need players like Martial and Mkhitaryan reintegrated into the team and and really you know, playing towards their potential. Yeah, absolutely. So let's have a couple of score predictions before. Uh, I mean, we're probably going to be recording again before this anyway. So just for posterity's sake, Fenerbahce on Thursday. I, I suspect it'll be another desperate dirge, and we'll, we'll perhaps win one nil again. I reckon uh, two all. Van Persie to score one and not to celebrate in front of the stray. Does he even get? Does he even start for Fenerbahce? I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. I mean, he'll get a nice cheer. He will if he if he if he starts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what about uh, Sunday? Mourinho's return to Stamford Bridge. Another wonderful narrative for Sky Sports. There is because they 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 do love pushing their narrative, don't they? They do. It's live. But, uh, some of the commentary was particularly wretched tonight. 
Um, they're absolutely desperate for Liverpool. The, the, the clock dream to go on. Uh, yeah, I think I think United could get a point from that, a one-all draw. Hmm. Great. And then we've got Burn- Burnley at home. If we don't win that one, then I'll... Well, you're, be, you're forgetting one rather big. Frost. You're forgetting one rather big game in the middle of that. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, the the city game. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it depends what team you pick for that, doesn't it? And what team they pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, a very nasty running fixtures on the way, but there we go. Let's go on some quick Twitter questions to round off the night, shall we, my friend? Let's do it. Wonderful. Sean KDLA on PSN asks: Moaning about a goalless draw at Anfield, like it or not, that's better than the last couple of years. Well, we won last year. Exactly, but, <laughs> we were terrible uh, <laughs> last year. So it's strictly speaking not better than previous years, but. But I've already, as I've already said, I think it's a good result. Yeah, I'd probably... a, a decent result. Yes, I mean, uh, having won the uh, the last two years at Anfield, I, th- I think that does kind of colour things somewhat. But I would argue that we probably played a bit better tonight on the whole than we did uh, last. Gosh, last January was we were that terrible. We, played that last game. we were so bad. That was one of the you know one of the funniest games of football I've ever seen because we we perhaps perhaps only beaten in terms of the unjustness by uh, by the the Van Hal winner. The Emirates, uh, with with that remarkable defence of Paddy McNair and uh, Tyler Blackett and other random people. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was absolute robbery last year. Um, and I think we can say we can say this year that we were we were in the game far more. And you know, it wouldn't have been an absolute travesty if we'd won that game tonight. Mm. Akala Justin asks, "Do we just try Pogba in every position possible before he before His Highness finds one he likes?" <laughs> I, d- I don't think it's a- an issue of position too much. I think he's just trying too hard, and and, and I think the pressure's just on him at the moment. He just needs to settle down, and United need to to play a relatively settled team for a while and just keep that midfield together as it is as much as possible. Yeah, and I think he'll just eventually find his rhythm. And and also, as you know, as we've seen when when we've gone a goal ahead with Pogba, he's he's he grows, his confidence grows, and he gets more involved in the game after we. Um, after he went the goal up against Leicester, he really, really turned it on. And I think he's just it's just confidence at the moment. Hmm. No, I'd agree with that. I think that, as you mentioned, there is definitely a certain level of pressure on him. I mean, the uh, the irony of that uh, rather elaborate, grand Adidas advert at half-time of Sky Sports coverage was not lost on me, <laughs> considering how much he'd struggled in that first half, and it didn't necessarily get any better from there. But eventually he'll be fine. This, is just, this has just been a tricky start because... He's not coming into a settled side and he doesn't necessarily know his place yet. And I think once that is sorted and once Mourinho knows a bit more about what he's doing, because you know, typically, as has been pointed out many times, Mourinho deals with a very small squad and then will rotate. But now he's dealing with the Europa League. He doesn't necessarily have that same core of players. He's having to rotate quite a lot and he still doesn't quite know which, you know, how everything's going to fit together. Hopefully, when once that happens, I'm sure Pop is going to be great. Uh, Luke Malley has got several. Hi, Luke. How long before we have to start thinking about dropping Ibrahimovic? Uh, about half an hour ago. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> At least. Yeah, gosh. I mean, that, that was one of the funny things. As I said, I, I felt like that was, that was the time to just try... If you're going to try it, if you're going to bring Rooney on, at least put him up front. You know, why not? What on earth have you got to lose? Zlatan was so bad in that game. You yeah, literally had nothing. He couldn't have been any worse. No. I think I think he's got that. He's getting that period of grace any high-profile new player gets mm. who's not called Henrik Mkhitaryan. Um, and, you know, that will that will wear thin if he's just not, not performing. Uh, he, he just can't. He's got to start taking his chances. And he's got to start playing better than that because 
it's, it really is costing us this season. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, the last couple of weeks in particular, those two games, Stoke and today, you know, he's had three, four decent chances and fluffed his lines. You know, to be fair, that that wasn't necessarily the easiest header, but it, it, you know, it's it's a sign of a player that isn't quite clicking with uh, with what United require from him. I think at the moment, hopefully, that will improve. Yeah. Uh, another one from Luke is uh, interesting to see Rash and Antonio Martial up front. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming the Stoke game there. Yeah, shame that Martial was injured. I, I would have loved for him to start it tonight in place of Young. I think that would certainly have given us a bit more threat on either flank. It'd be very interesting to see him come back into the side soon because he looks like he's going to get a bit more uh, confidence after that Stoke goal. Yeah, I mean, I know he's I know he's injured, but he he hasn't been getting picked when he's been fit. And it's, it's just quite incredible, really, that he was our best outfield player by an absolute mile last year. I mean, to, to an embarrassing extent, had this 19-year-old kid who was miles better than anybody else. And he's just not really got started this season at all, for, for one reason or another. And if we can get him playing back in, in the similar form that he reached towards the end of last season, then you know that would absolutely revolutionise our, our forward play. And I think it has a knock-on effect for everybody else as well. I think if Pogba was playing in a in a in effective winning attacking unit, then he would excel as well. But the problem he has at the moment is that really it's it's almost all on him to do something special because nobody else is quite quite doing it either. Mm. I think getting Martial back fit and getting him playing could be absolutely essential to our to our season. Uh, just one final point. My absolute highlight of the evening was actually pre-game. To be fair, Rich, it was, I, I love, love, love watching gigs do punditry. It's absolutely wonderful, and being in the studio and when describing a uh, Carius in the the pre-game build-up, the sentence was uttered thus: "There's a lot of indecision in his decision making." <laughs> indeed, indeed. Is as that as um, that, that Ashley Young cross? demonstrated oh, absolutely yes yeah, so it's a shame we just couldn't make more of that but there we go we'll leave it there for tonight rich thank you very much for joining me my friend guys thank you very much for listening we're on twitter don't forget you can get yes you can get me at at you and lennett you can get rich at at richard can 76 and you can get the pod at red voices mufc we'll be back next week have a wonderful time cheerio 